The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. I'm doing gloriously. The um the, the the end the end of the of 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 the dark days uh is upon us. I I sing the praises of my wife for for diligently working her way through it and I am proud and happy to announce to the entire community that as of an hour ago we finished off the single ply toilet paper that I mistakenly bought 6 weeks ago. Wow. And she's still staying with you. I know. I know. I don't know how. We've been calling it prison toilet paper for the last uh, six weeks. But I bet you got a good price on it. I did. I wasn't paying attention. I bought it and brought it home. And she was like, seriously, with this toilet paper, I'm like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing. I'm like, we're in Mother Russia. She's like, I know. <laughs> I got I got home. I got home a little while ago and she walked out. She, she came out of the bathroom and she, she goes, high five. And I'm like, um, OK. So I high fived her and she's like, the prison toilet paper is officially done. The final roll. Right. Back to the two-plus softness, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm very, very proud right now. <laughs> As well you should be. All right. Well, we are Those Guys With Ships, and this is episode 65. Can you believe it? Yes. Of the Versecast, the best damn star citizen podcast. And today is March 7th, 2946. Your time may vary. Now, uh, Jimmy, we're going to be changing the way we do some stuff here um, because must remember, this is a marathon. It is not a sprint. We're uh, we're probably still, you know, conservatively estimating about two years away from final launch uh, of Star Citizen or the, the launch launch. Yeah, yeah, of the, I, I, of the real thing. I think we both agree we'll we'll see Star Citizen probably by the end of this year, and we'll probably see. Uh, or I'm sorry, Squadron 42 by the end of this year, and we'll probably see Star Citizen proper as a formal release the year after. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm thinking probably if not uh, holidays 2017, then uh, first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, uh, totally. You know, stuff seems to get released in the first quarter, so maybe that'll tie in nicely. But. Yeah, and and at the current rate of of development, um, I, I think that's pretty. I think that's a reasonable um, expectation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, going forward, uh, we are going to be releasing one show per week. We have been releasing two shows per week. Um, we're going to cut that back to one show per week. This show, The Verse Cast, the best damn Star Citizen podcast, in case you were confused, uh, will be put up the Tuesday following the first and third Mondays of every month. Yeah. Um, and the Those Guys with Ship shows, which is a show, which is our community podcast that is going to be published the Tuesday following the second and fourth Mondays of each month. So um, you will, except there are a couple months where we have um, 
five Mondays in a month, and that um, that uh, uh, also sort of coincides with holidays and CitizenCon. So um, um, as we approach those uh, dates, we will um, uh, clarify uh, the release schedule for those particular periods. But in general, that's uh, that's the way that it's going to be going uh, for uh, the next little while here. Um, so, have you uh, uh, have you seen the Foo Fighters are breaking up video? Um, no, you know I read a synopsis of it. <laughs> okay, the reason why I mentioned that I mentioned that very specifically is um, you know for people that are out there listening, the the. The Foo Fighters, there was rumors going around that the Foo Fighters were breaking up, and they put out a very, very funny parody video, the entire band, um, you know, where Dave was kind of acting like a, a diva, and the rest of the band was like, F that guy, we're going to find somebody else. And it's a really funny video, and at the very end, it's like, you know, don't believe the hype, the band's not breaking up, everything's fine. And the reason why I reference that is because, you know, when these types of announcements are made, when these types of changes are made, people immediately start to speculate and wonder and worry and wonder what's going on. And I think that the simple fact is or the truth is it's difficult doing two hours of podcasting every single day or you know every single Monday uh, and then when we're done I go and I edit the show for another hour and a half so I'm not done until almost midnight and I know that you're up waiting for the show and I upload, upload the show you know at midnight and it's tough and we want to bring the best content we possibly can and we want to be enthusiastic about it and this has got nothing to do with star citizen it's got to do with us in our personal lives and having the ability to breathe a little bit um yeah. and really enjoy what we're doing and also enjoy our lives um you know tonight's uh the season premiere of rupaul's drag race my, my wife's all excited about it i can't watch it yeah she's not gonna wait for me nope not going to do it. I mean, you bought single-ply toilet paper. I know. I wouldn't exactly. wait for you neither. Why would you wait for me? <laughs> so I think the the point is, though, I mean, you know, on the plus side, we're still delivering content every week. You know, we've got uh, – and, and I actually kind of like this. I think it's really cool. You get a full week dedicated to Versecast. You get a full week dedicated to those guys with chips. So you get a full week of, of news and, and get caught up on all things official CIG. And then the second week you get all things uh, – or ver, uh, Excuse me. All things those guys with ships, you know, with our community meetups and you know our thoughts on on peripherals and and first person shooters and, and superheroes and superheroes exactly. So you know, I, it is a change. It is a little less content, but we're still going to be delivering a weekly show, um, and it, it gives us an opportunity to breathe a little bit. Yes, yes, indeed. So. Just wanted to put that out there, and uh, we will clarify again uh, at the beginning of the next Those Guys with Ship show. Um, so, um, I, but I guess if you've heard it now, you won't need to hear it then, but you're going to. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. All right, so enough of that. Um, so, Jimmy, when you party, you party hearty. When this you boogie, you bar citizen. Santa Monica last Friday, tell us about it. What did you do? Who did you talk to? Who did you meet? All right. First off, um, a big, big, big thank you uh, to. Um, well, actually, you know what? L- let me let me backtrack a little bit. Um, so, I got out there, and usually, I'm I'm a pretty chatty guy. You know what I mean? I, I don't really have much issue making friends or meeting people, but for some reason, when I walked into the bar, like I saw Disco, right, and he uh-huh. was swarmed by people. Oh, you'd have to think. And I saw Ben, and he was swarmed by people. And, you know, I saw um, Chris, 
swarmed by people. And I was just like, uh, wow, okay, I, I don't really know anybody. And the people that I do know don't know me, and they're being swarmed by people. And so it just feels weird. You know what I mean? Like to just yeah, absolutely. work your way into a conversation. So I walked over to the bar. I got myself a cocktail. And on the way back, I saw somebody that looked familiar. And so to my earlier point, a big, big, big thank you to uh, Nighthawk Zale. Yes. So Zale is, um, I chat with him on Twitter all the time. And I recognized him. And I walked over and I went, Zell? And he went, Jimmy Croker, what's up? And I was just like, oh, done. I'm, I'm, I'm good now. You're in. I'm in. <laughs> and and Zell was just so gracious. I mean, he, he took me around and introduced me to a few people. Um, Alexis walked by and he stopped her and talked to her and introduced me to her. And, and I, you know, she's like, I think I remember you. You took a tour. I said, yeah. And, um, so, you know, some small talk. It was really, really cool. And so we kind of worked our way back around towards the bar, and we ran into Germach. Oh, cool. Yeah, and Germach was sitting down. Uh, it looked like he'd had a couple of beers already. Um, his uh, Apparently, he hurt his knee playing soccer uh, badly, wow. actually, uh, tore his wow. ACL. So, Germach, if you're ah. listening, you know, I feel for you, man. I hope you feel better soon. But, um, yeah, so, you know, we talked for a while. We talked about, you know... Um, Life, really, which I thought was really cool. Um, you know, because, you know, everybody's so excited about Star Citizen fan wise that, I, you know, it's like I, you kind of feel bad talking about it. It's almost like um, it, to me, in a, in a way, it's almost like meeting a celebrity and talking about the movie they did. You know what I mean? Right, or right. meeting a rock star and, and really just going on and on about, you know, a specific album or a specific song. Yeah. Um, and I just—do you, do you I, remember when you did that guitar right, solo? <laughs> exactly. And I really didn't want to be that guy, which puts you in a weird spot because it's like, on the one hand, you want to talk about Star Citizen. On the other hand, these are people, and you kind of want to just hang out and talk to them as people, you know, because they are just people. Yep. And so, you know, it was really cool because I mean, Zale really just opened the door for me, and and we just started talking, and Gurmak and I went on about you know uh, life and relationships and. Uh, you know the surgery that he's going to be having, and, and oh, you know, wow. yeah, yeah. And we talked a little bit, a little bit about Star Citizen. Um, you know, but predominantly artwork, and you know, his favorite ships, and and what he's working on now, and what he's looking forward to working on. And yes, I'm being vague, and there's a very specific reason for that, out of respect for everybody drinking and having a good time. I'm not going to divulge any detailed conversations. So there will but, be no dishing, right? But. Uh, Gurmak had gotten up and, and had wandered a little bit, and walking past me was a gentleman uh, with uh, with a 1970s brown leather jacket. And Ooh. I looked at him and I went, that jacket is the shizzy. Mm-hmm. That's not what I said, but I, I can't really curse on the air, so... John would be very upset with me. Sorry, John Toe. Um, so, and it turned out that it was Steve Bender. Oh, he is an interesting fellow. At least, I mean, I've only seen him once, I think, on the 10 for, was it producers, developers? I can't remember. He was there with, um, uh, who's the other one? The other just wingnut guy. Um, <laughs> the other uh, wingnut guy. Well, they were there. I mean, you know, anytime you can you can bust off a, um, uh, a, a Bill and Ted uh, Iron Maiden guitar riff uh, uh, uh-huh. yep. reference, I mean, you know, that's just, that, that rules. He uh, B- Bender, as I, I feel, I feel comfortable calling him Bender because him and I talked for it had to be two hours. Like, oh my god, like wow. just him and I. Like we really hit it off. Um, he's just a really cool cat. 
Um, really passionate about the game. Um, talking about you know uh, he he has uh, he has he's not just uh, a developer or or I should say a director. Um, he is also a backer, and uh-huh. so his passion for the game is really strong. Um, you know, we talked about uh, you know weapon stances because he's actually taking pistol classes. Uh, we we talked about just you know his org. Uh, we talked about my show. Uh, Ooh, we, what did he have to say about the org? About that, that's the the Simeon yeah. uh, Brotherhood. It's, yeah, what's it called? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the Simeon Brotherhood. I'll have to go look it up. I haven't requested to join yet, but I got to go. I got to go find it. But uh, yeah, basically, the the uh, he, he's kind of the the leader of the Simeon. Uh, his organization, uh, sorry, Bender, uh, is kind of like the Bernie Sanders of space. <laughs> the Bernie Sanders, oh, right? Very much into um, breaking up the system, redistributing wealth, um, you know, making things fair and balanced for the entire universe. And then there's a subsection of the org that is kind of the strong arm version of that, like people that uh, forcefully implement that aspect of. Uh, of their leader's uh, desire. Uh-huh. So, very, very cool. Um, really, like I said, really interesting guy, man. I, I had a really good time talking to Bender. Like, I, I like made my whole night. <clears throat> I ran into to Jared, to Disco. Um, I said hi to him. Uh, Chris was just inundated with people. So, I, when the opportunity presented itself, I just leaned over and I said, hey, man, thank you. And he just kind of smiled and, and, you know, and then I kind of went away. I didn't want to bother him. Uh, Sandy was there. She was talking to people, and uh, it was a really cool, fun meetup. Um, you know, it was there. There were a lot of fans there. There was somebody that sat down with Bender and I uh, midway through us talking, and and uh, we talked a little bit. He he was asking a lot of kind of Star Citizen centric questions, um, and uh, and Bender was really happy to to you know uh, answer those questions. And I will say that the one thing that I took away from my conversations with Steve, my conversations with Germak. Um, and just the vibe in general, uh, and there were a few other people. There were a few um, a few developers that I was that I spent some time talking to. Those those cats were really cool. They have an apartment together, and I, I wish I could remember their name, but I think I was four Crown and Gingers in at that point. <laughs> um, met somebody from HR, you know, and it's funny talking to people about their jobs. You know, you're thinking, oh, it's Star Citizen, but it's also just a job to them. Uh, you know, so the one thing that I really took away from the whole thing was that it's passion. You know, I mean, honestly, like they're all they're all people, you know, just like anybody else. And they all go to they all do their job just like anybody else. But they're really passionate about it, man. Germach, he's really passionate about the art that he designs. And, um, you know, he's really excited when he sees it come to fruition. Uh, you know, Steve is really excited about, you know, the mocap that he's doing. He talked a little bit about um, directing Mark Hamill. You know, just him and I were talking. And he's like, yeah, you know, Mark did this, Mark did that. And I was like, <laughs> you know? Can I touch you? Well, you know, but I was just like, I, I, at one point I laughed. I'm like, you're talking about Mark Hamill, man. He's like, yeah, I know. He goes, he goes believe me, it's, you know, it's the same for me, too. And I'm like, yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, but, yeah, I just... I, he was a really, really cool cat, man. I really um, enjoyed talking to him, and the whole vibe in general was just really cool. Everybody was was really nice. It was fun. Um, there was a lot of camaraderie, and uh, yeah, I mean, really, like I said, for me, it, I, I really walked away with a a strong sense that that not only are they people, but they're passionate. They're really passionate about Star Citizen. That's that's excellent. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's the Simeon Order. 
Thank you. Is the group, and then uh, of course Sean Tracy was the other one uh, in. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, Ten for the Developers, episode number four, which is just a hilarious episode. Even if you're not into Star Citizen, just uh, these two guys are are they're they're great. To, they should maybe do a podcast. Well, Steve was saying that um, that the, that they actually shot four hours worth of footage for that, and I was like, oh, the editor must have hated you. He's like, yeah, he kind of did. <laughs> so, but it's it's just I, like I said. I did, the really cool thing was that, like, I, I didn't want when I when I had the opportunity to talk to people, I didn't want to be Star Citizen, Star Citizen, Star Citizen, Star Citizen. You know, I, yeah. I kind of like I was going there to hang out and drink and just kind of maybe you know meet the people that work on the game and 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 maybe get to know them a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, like, a lot of the Star Citizen stuff was very secondary. It was just really nice to um, to meet them as people. You know, and that was the thing that was so cool to me. Excellent. Well, I understand they're going to have more of these, so um, I'm guessing you'll be there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, and also we'd like to give a shout-out to um, uh, some guys with ships. Um, uh, Dietrich, Doc Buckshot, and Fable Junkyard uh, were at the Bar Citizen in Austin. Yeah. And uh, um, you know what? Uh, I didn't get a chance to uh, – Fable was on last night. I didn't get a chance to ask him for any deets on the uh, – on the event, but um, he did post a picture of the three of them together, and um, I think they had they had a good time. And so uh, it's nice to see um, uh, guys with ships out there representing uh, with the, uh, the the folks uh, from the mothership. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Austin very, is very cool. Austin's where all the lore stuff happens and all the uh, career stuff happens. I would really love to to take a tour of the Austin studio and start picking brains there. I would very be very much be a hey guys. So what about this? Hey guys. So what about that? <laughs> You'd be escorted from the bar. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, well, since last time, speaking of Star Citizen, since last time we recorded, we have Alpha 2.2 to the live servers. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And quoting from the release, Star Citizen Alpha 2.2 is now available. In addition to a host of bug fixes and balancing updates, Alpha 2.2 includes new ships, new features, and new gameplay elements. Ship updates include the flyable Saber, damage states for the Freelancer, and the hangar-ready Jean Scout. The first major changes to the component system are included in this update with the addition of new ship coolers. The physical space around Crusader has also been updated, and individual instances now support up to 24 players at once. We were we were uh, um, easily exceeding that last night, um, so um, it's um, it's great they've expanded it, and uh, you know, like a vacuum in space. Well, I guess space is a vacuum. Anyway, like a vacuum, uh, it sucked up space dudes. Did you um, did you notice how Crusader scales now? Yeah, no, I didn't. You know what? I didn't notice any that particular um, so uh, I difference. Didn't, I didn't realize it before, but Crusader uh, pretty much appeared to be the same size. Not like really, really close like you are in Olasar, but it, it seemed to, uh, to appear to be roughly the same distance no matter where you jumped around the Niverse. Um, I didn't really notice that until they made this change, and I went and looked at Crusader and was like, wow, why is it so small? Mm-hmm. So definitely um, very, very subtle, but definitely noticeable. All right, cool. Um, and this, this release also marks the first iteration of the new hostility slash reputation system, an initial party system, and physicalized EVA. Now that I have noticed, that the EVA is much, much better now. Oh, so huge difference. Huge more better. 
Um, and speaking of the hostility reputation system, we have some clarifications on what this iteration of the system includes. We have this thing called monitored space now, and monitored space are the areas of the Crusader system that are actively being watched by Crusader Industries Incorporated. These zones are centered around Cryastro, Port Olisar, and any active comm array. By disabling comm arrays, you can turn monitored space off in a given area, thereby allowing players to conduct nefarious deeds without observation. But watch out! Disabling a comm array is illegal, and any player attempting to do so will be flagged as a criminal. Destroying an empty ship, colliding with a landing ship, or disabling a comm array mark the offending character as a level one wanted criminal. You know, if I'm trying to take off at Port Olisar and some dude just like, you know, rams into my ship, I think that deserves better than level one. <laughs> yeah? You think that should put him right at level five? I, I think it's like level gone. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, more serious crimes, including killing a player or destroying an occupied ship, will add additional levels. Each level adds an extra 30 seconds of timeout before a respawn. Waiting 10 minutes without committing an additional offense reduces the player's wanted level by one, or they can hack a console located at the Korea security post to do so immediately. Of course, Crusader Industries has a vested interest in keeping the comm arrays online, so they are now offering bounties for those who help protect their space by shooting down level 5 wanted criminals. When a level 5 criminal is detected, all active players on the server then have the opportunity to hunt them down with a special reward for those that score the kill. When a level 5 criminal is destroyed, they are ejected from the server and must reconnect. But wait, there's more! NPC pirates and security forces will now spawn to protect their interests. Pirates will spawn at the disabled comm arrays, and Crusader security will spawn at active stations. I like it. it and, and these things we played last night, and... Um, we saw all of these things. We'll talk about it more in the, in the next show, but uh, these things are there, and they are doing that. Yeah, so. no, it's great. Um, I, you know, obviously there there's more work, uh, much more work to be done on the uh, hostility uh, system, mm-hmm. but it, it's a great first step. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and there's much more details in the comlink post regarding the new physical physicalized EVA. Uh, the coolers and the shields, go check it out. Um, much more detail than uh, we have time to go into here. And um, we should also mention that there, uh, as part of this release, or in honor of this release, or in conjunction, um, at the same time, the Saber and the Car to Al Scott, Car to Al Scout, um, are up for sale. And uh, they originally uh, had set the sale to end um, as of March 7th, which is today, but I looked at the um, uh, website today and they have extended it to March 14th. So uh, you can uh, get yourself a standalone Sabre for 170 US dollars or a Cartual Scout for just 150. So if you're at all interested, um, the Sabre is a really nice ship. If I if I was, you know, intending to be any kind of a dogfighter in the game, I would definitely uh, strongly consider melting something uh, to pick no. one up. Yeah, but um, uh, alas, um, I am not. I'm I'm kind of like uh, Steve Martin in uh, what was that movie with uh, Michael Caine, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? <laughs> yeah. My fork has a cork on it, uh-huh. and, and it should stay that way. 
Um, so anyway, that's going to last until the 14th. So definitely um, avail yourself of that if you are at all interested. Let's see, how, how much in insurance do they come with? Let me, let's take a look there. Ah, six months, but you know what? You can, uh, you can always do some creative uh, uh, melting and uh, CCUing. So uh, I'm sure if you've got uh, stuff in your hangar that you wish to exchange for one, you can get that done. All right. Well, interesting stuff from the official contents this week. We did have Around the Verse episode 2.21. And uh, in that, they talked about, uh, of course, 2.2 being live and 2.3 is on the horizon. Uh, no details yet, uh, but we should expect that a bigger ship may be included. And so that was kind of like a, huh? It was like did a little, a little Scooby Headcock thing there. Um, uh, you, Jimmy, any guesses? I'm, I'm thinking maybe an Idris. Oh, the Starfare. Mm. They've been talking about the. They've been trying to get the Starfare into into the game for the last two patches, man. Um, but I, you see, now I was thinking that there was going to be. Um, I don't mean Idris like to fly it, but I mean that there would be an Idris in the game. Like you know, there like uh, it could be you know uh, capture the Idris or something. That would be but, awesome. Yeah, but my guess is that we will uh, see the Starfarer in 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 hangar. It'll be uh, hangar ready. Yeah, uh, okay. I like my idea better. I think my idea is more fun, uh, especially because I don't have a Starfarer anymore. <laughs> but uh, yours is probably accurate. <laughs> so, um, and if you are at all interested in the musics of Star Citizen, and you, Jimmy, being a musical man, um, uh, if you haven't checked this out, um, kind of encourage you to do so. Uh, check out this week's uh, ATV interview with Pedro Camacho. He's been on the project since near the very beginning, and he literally lives on an island. Nice. Yeah, it's and uh, they show some pictures of the island. It's I guess it's off the coast of Portugal, and it's just like, dude, like, people don't, like, I mean, that's a, that's a movie. You know, that's that's a fairy tale. You shouldn't live there. And he lives on an island, a beautiful island in the Mediterranean. And he says he has fat uh, broadband. Nice. Even better. Oh, man. That's like, uh, that's like a dream come true. You live on, a, like on an island and, right, and have like really good Wi-Fi. Man, I don't know. How, some guys, I tell you. I got all the luck. <laughs> you went Rod Stewart. I did, totally. Um, and um, also in ATV, uh, this week's MVP is drumroll. Imperial News Network. Haven't they um, been the MVP before? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, probably not. Well, it is so well-deserved, I could just cry. Um, these guys are fantastic. I mean, they, they also do a podcast, which um, um, some people like it, some people don't. Um, I like it. Um, um, and uh, they just so much information that they provide to the community um, for free, you know, just because of, as you were saying, you know, uh, about the folks that work at uh, CIG because of their passion for uh, the game and their dedication, their love for the game. Um, they are um, um, they are a great um, um, asset to um, this community. And so um, uh, well done, guys, and uh, a a reward well, well, well deserved. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're um, they're the site's fantastic. I go there all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's good, good stuff. And um, uh, we should uh, also speaking of of um, important dates. Uh, Wing Commander number four turns twenty this year. Um, and so um, be sure to stick around to the very end of uh, this week's uh, ATV because Ben nerds out so hard. 
that Sandy... No, I'm not going to spoil it. But <laughs> just watch to the very end. It's, it's, it is hilarious. All right. And uh, we got a 10 for the chairman last week. Uh, Chris. Chris is back. I think he's gone again now, though, isn't he? Did, um, uh, I think it's shortly after Bar Citizen, wasn't he heading back to the U.K. again? Uh, it's very possible. I mean, you know, they're, I am I, under the impression that they are kind of, to some extent, in the home stretch on Squadron 42, which is why he's there so much. Yeah, I think he's doing... Well, I think he's going to all of the offices. I mean, I think that they're... Which is, you know, I think a really good sign because um, it, it either means that, um, that uh, you know, because they've, you know, for, who was the guy that went to Blizzard? Um, uh, Travis Day? Yeah, Travis Day. Travis Day, yeah. Remember, like, when they would, he would send, uh, he would send, uh, they would send him around uh, to uh, straighten stuff up when it seemed like things were getting out of sync. Uh, but I think, you know, Chris going around is just because things are clicking so well that uh, he's, you know, he's orchestrating. You know, and he's he's coming in and he's going, yeah, that's good, and we're going to do this, and then he goes to the next place, and yeah, or this, and, and it's 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 a symphony. It well, he, a symphony. he may also be putting. It, it may be easier for him to go from office to office for the um, the stuff that they're working on. Uh, some some of the more um, basic iterations, the stuff that's not really ready to be loaded up onto a server. Mm-hmm. Um, it might just be easier for him to kind of go and, and deep dive from office to office. Who knows? I, I'm not even going to begin to pretend why he's going around from office to office. Um, you know, I, I would imagine some naysayers could say the sky's falling, which is silly, um, especially after coming off a of bar citizen and, and chatting with folks. I can tell you that that's not the case. Um, so my my guess is that you know the biggest reason for him being in London is we're we're nearing the end of a development cycle for Squadron Forty Two. I like my idea better, but yours is probably more accurate. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't, I finally got to use that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, um, I, I picked out a couple of questions from uh, 10.4 episode 77. Uh, someone asked, will Star Citizen fully render the picture for three monitor setups, or will it just stress, stretch uh, the picture out to the sides like so many other games do? And what Chris said is that Star Citizen will fully render the picture, but it's complicated, and there's work that needs to be done. So, for example, uh, three monitors logically increase your field of view, right? I mean, you get you have a much wider field of view. So, what should happen on screen when you put on a helmet, which occludes your view? You know, it it, it should be de- the field of view should be decreased, right? Absolutely, but but by how much? I mean, you have to decide. I mean, it's um, you know it, it's a it's a balancing thing, and then also uh, limitations of, of uh, current tech. Uh, the uh, you get that sort of stretched fish eye effect uh, that can be due to constraints and or limitations of of the particular graphics card that's being used. And so um, you know we've talked before that you know being a couple years away from the actual launch when we're going to be playing this uh, game for realsies, um, you know. At, what what is the graphics card you're going to want to have at that point? You know, so it's uh, these are all you know like questions and decisions that it, it's probably a bit too it'd be premature to make them now. Um, so um, it's it's important, but right now it's a it's a lower priority than other stuff. But I, I definitely um, I, I I have a three monitor setup myself, and so I I feel this uh, this uh, person's concern. Um, and uh, like in, but uh, and just speak, going back to to the uh, the helmet uh, example uh, in Arma, when I put on my um, my night vision goggles, um, basically everything on my outer two monitors disappears, and all I have is like a big green circle in the middle of my middle monitor. 
Um, so um, I think that uh, uh, it's um, uh, it's you know it, it's definitely something that they're gonna they need to do more work on, but it's not something that they need to be dedicating a whole bunch of resources to right at this point. Click on uh, click on that link. All right. So um, as you're clicking on that link, uh, that is my long-term goal. I am very, wow. very excited about the uh, 34-inch 29, uh, 29.9 aspect ratio curved panoramic monitor. Uh, wow. Yeah, it is a single monitor. Uh, you uh, are able to experience uh, 21.9 uh, 21 aspect ratio, and uh, you get the full panoramic view without the windowing of three monitors wow yes that is i am i am very excited about that if uh (laughs) if you want to put that link in the show notes if anybody wants to buy me that monitor no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) love of the game jimmy that's why we're doing this yeah 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 no this um this this dell ultra sharp is um is the one that i found but I think as the technology improves um, over the next year or so, they'll a come down in price, um, and uh, b if if you know this speaks right to Chris's uh, plan to have it actually render properly. So I'm super excited to look at that monitor because I, I honestly don't think, for a number of reasons, motion sickness being one of them, but I honestly don't think an Oculus is going to be for me. Mm. Not yet. I mean, there there you know you folks that have uh, have. Um, you know those sorts of issues are are too big of a market to not have um, you know not, to not deal with that you know yeah and I've heard that the manual um, the manual adjustment on the sides of the unit um, are helping dramatically and and I'm definitely going to give it a, a shot and I'm I am very curious about it um, but I don't know I, I I might still be leaning towards you know uh, going with a triple monitor mon- triple monitor setup or in this case a a panoramic a curved panoramic panoramic monitor easy for you to say yeah right well what was that that company we were looking at um i, I posted a link uh so three or four weeks ago to the the, the virtual sim pit uh, God, what was it called oh yeah that was crazy yeah yeah something like that would be uh would be um pretty cool well, anyway it's like 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 the, the point of this question it's all down the road and so um it's interesting to uh to think about and ask the questions now but uh, the answers uh, will be forthcoming further down the road <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, the next question we talked about the uh, the Polaris Corvette, um, which has been discussed uh, um, of late, and uh, someone asked uh, Chris, uh, Corvettes fill a role between capital and subcapital class ships. Should we expect the upcoming Corvette, uh, we, we so right now it's called the Polaris, to be a more versatile ship, or will it be more economical? And what Chris said is definitely more economical. Economical. Uh, it's going to be easier to manage than a ship like the Idris, easier to command and control. It's going to be about 100 meters long, so it's not actually not that long. Like, Because uh, how, how long is the, the Constellation? Oh, 60? Yeah, I think so. 60? The, uh, the Starfarer is, is, I think, about 100 meters long. So, I mean, I mean it's big, but it's not, it's not gargantuan. Um, and we will be able to dock a ship to it, um, and it's also, um, it'll be able to hold, um, hold its own uh, fighting both smaller and larger ships. Uh, but it won't be all that what a, um, uh, an Idris is, what a, a true capital ship will be. Yeah, the, um, um, the Starfarer is about 90 meters. 
Okay. Okay. Um, and so it, it kind of reminds me. I don't know if if you did you ever read the the uh, the novel Tarkin about um, um, Ad, Admiral Tarkin? Was he an admiral? I think he was an admiral. No, I've I've heard about it, but no, I haven't had a chance to. Read really, it. really, yeah. really good book. Um, anyway, um, his uh, Tarkin before he was the commander of the first Death Star. Um, uh, had um, a ship called the the Carrion Spike, and it, it uh, was a, a, I think it was actually a frigate, um, but you know, sort of reminded me of of this, uh, you know, something it's uh, it's bigger um, than uh, than uh, um, uh, you know a medium sized ship, um, but it's still maneuverable and uh, can uh, can blow it up, whoop, blow stuff up real good. <laughs> That would be uh, 35 minutes and 12 seconds for when you go bleep that out. Uh, it's been a Monday. Uh-huh. All right. Um, so anyway, um, I, you know, and it kind of made me, uh, made me uh, think about, you know, like how big of a ship do we actually want to own? So like what's the, your biggest ship right now? Is, is that the Constellation crew-wise? Uh, crew-wise, yeah. The Constellation is the biggest ship. Uh, it's a five max crew. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I also kind of have a, a little bit of a side eye on the um, uh, Caterpillar. So, uh, you know, between either the Caterpillar or the Constellation, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's it for me. Uh, I, honestly, I'm if I can make a living off of the Freelancer... I might just fly the freelancer. Um, you know, I would I would rather be a part of a larger crew and be able to kind of come and go as I please than actually try and manage a larger crew, even even if it was all NPCs. Um, I, I like the idea of a smaller crew. Um, so I, I will say this though: I loved running my Connie um, with with a full crew. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you were there. Um, mm-hmm. That was a that was a blast. I had so much fun. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think f- a five-person ship the size of the constellation is kind of going to be my max. Mm. What about you? Yeah, it's yeah. Well, um, you see, I have my uh, my big ship, the Endeavor, uh, has a crew of sixteen. Right, um, right. Max crew of sixteen, and um, you know, and, and I don't know, uh, like the uh, the javelin. It's not there isn't actually a statistic for it yet. Um, uh, and the Idris, I think the Idris is actually slightly less than sixteen. I think it's fourteen or twelve, um, but. Anyway, you know, it's just, you know, because, and Chris was, had mentioned that uh, capital, these capital ships aren't really going to be playable by one person or even one person and a couple of friends. You know, right. you're going to need a whole bunch of NPCs. And, and so, you know, I'm really, really glad that we have lots of uh, nearly 300 uh, friends to play this game with because it seems like uh, uh, teamwork um, and Group play is going to be very, very important for some of these ships. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like I, you know, I, I have like my jam, you know, do, doing you know smuggling, info running, all that kind of good stuff. But um, I'm excited to you know do a tour on your endeavor. You know, uh, I'm excited to uh, you know to do a tour on an Idris. I'm I'm excited to spend some time out on some of the other larger capital ships and just play a role. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the Endeavor, the hospital uh, ship, that I'll just you know be able to go find a big nasty battle and park it off to the side, and then um, you know uh, most of the rest of it will you know take care of itself with right. NPCs or what, what what have you. But um, I, hey, I we'll, think it would be a blast to be a uh, a Cutlass runner for you, Cutlass Red. Yeah, I think yeah. that'd be a blast in the middle of a battle. You know, if, yeah. if you know, I you know, there's. There's a party that wants to be a part of the battle, but then there's also a part of me, a part of me personally that I think it would be really cool to, you know, like I said, do a tour on your endeavor and you know jump into a Cutlass Red and go out and start rescuing folk. 
that's what that's why I'm here. Absolutely. All right, and then we had one other question here, which I thought was very interesting. Um, uh, person said, "You stated that all parts of the universe will be instanced, with max amount of players being inside of an instance, um, and many instances of that same space can be generated at the same time. How will that work? So people and their friends always get into the same instance to work as a team. So you know, speaking of, of large crews, it's how, how do we get all of? How do we ensure that we get all of these people? I mean, if you've got, you're trying to get." Um, a dozen people together to um, uh, to fly on, um, you know, to, to man a javelin. Say, how, how do you how do you arrange that to get all those people into the same place? Yeah. Um, and uh, so I thought this was really fascinating. Chris said that, um, or he didn't actually say it, but what I got out of his answer because it was really hard um, is that game servers are are the key here, and that each game server has thirty two cores, the uh, thirty two processing cores. And currently, each instance utilizes four cores and holds 24 players. Now, 32 divided by 4 means eight separate instances per game server. But if they are able to instead combine those eight instances into a single instance, that's 8 times 24, which is 192 players in a single instance. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and, And that is theoretically without any additional optimizations given the technology that we have right now. Um, and then he went on to talk about um, uh, meshing servers together um, in some way that could theoretically allow for um, um, many hundreds, if not thousands of players to occupy the same instance, essentially the same instance. Um, so um, that, you know, that started to go over my head. But um, I, I think, you know, kind of going back to the last question that, you know, in order to be able to uh, what good is it to have a ship where you need a dozen of your friends to play with you if you can't get all dozen right. of those friends into the into right, the right, same area? Right. Yeah. So well, I think the I think the boost from sixteen to twenty four uh, is an indication that they are that they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Well, Chris got real excited, and so that makes me excited too. He started talking numbers and stuff, and his hands were flying around. It was really cool. I uh, I, I really um, I really enjoy uh, seeing uh, the entire staff. Uh, talk about, and this is also a little bit from from uh, from hanging out at the bar with with folks as well. But um, they they get really excited when they start talking about pushing the envelope, when they start talking about you know doing things that haven't been done before and figuring them out and making them work. And mm-hmm. you can tell that's from the top down. And you know I think that's one of the things that that makes the game so unique is the fact that there is no can't. You know, they're they're always pushing the envelope. They're always, you know, no matter how hard it is, trying to figure out what is the next level they can take it to. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you want instead of, you know... Instead of hurry up, get it done, and get it shipped. Yeah, well, okay, cut that feature, cut that feature. We've got to get it out the door. Right, right. How How can we simplify this? Right, which is exactly the kind of leadership we would be getting if we had a major studio backing this. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, and um, my favorite show, Reverse the Verse, this week we got some cool stuff. Speaking of Chris, apparently he was heavily involved in bug smashing leading up to the release of Alpha 2.2 uh, to the live servers. So, uh, Interesting. Dude has skills, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they wanted to uh, uh, give huge props to everyone in the organization all around the world who worked incredibly hard to get this thing done. So, yay. Um, and speaking of yay, our next subscriber flare will be another space plant, Jimmy. I, I really liked the space plant that I found in my hangar the other day. 
I don't think I have. I think I missed the space plan because I don't. I don't think I have one. You should. You're a subscri- subscriber. You just got to go looking for it. Now I will tell you that I turned around was and was like, oh, that's new. Hmm. So I, you know, what hanger do you use? Um, the um, oh, what's the the base one? The um, um, um the smallest one. So um. Uh, not the uh, not the asteroid hanger. No, 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 no. I, I have I haven't been using the asteroid lately, um, and it's not the Revel in York, and it's not the um, the other one with the uh, the big elevator. So Selfland. Yes, yes, yes. The Selfland hanger. Okay, I have no idea where it's going to be hiding then, but it's there. It's um, basically the the plant is in um, is in a jar, kind of like a mm-hmm. bi- like a bio jar with its own little light and you know soil and whatnot, and it's on a. Um, it's on like a like a stand that has uh, I think uh, another four maybe five uh, spots for plants. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really cool. It was um, it's it's sized properly. It's not gigantic like uh, you know like some of the other uh, you know, unique uh, items to the Star Citizen universe. Yeah. Okay. I will check it out. Yeah, I, cause I moved to the Selfland hangar because that was the one that they did the lighting optimization on. Okay. Uh, the, and I think they've done I've done it on two now, if I'm not mistaken. But that was the first one, and I so I moved to that one at that point, and just have never left. So I mean, I only have one ship, and my my retaliator is the only thing that 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 uh, shows up, you know, that I have loaded. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm waiting until uh, until we get a little further down the line before worrying about um, uh, a, setting my a permanent. Up just uh, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I can dig yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's good. Shui. Good stuff, man. It's good stuff. All right. Um, And ship statuses, uh, that's important. Uh, The ships that we shouldn't ask about at this point include the Endeavor, uh, uh, the Javelin, the Hull Series, and the Reclaimer. But we maybe could should ask about uh, the Reclaimer before we ask about the other ones. Um, Resources that had been allocated to the Jean Scout are now working on the Herald. Yay, Yay, me. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the Scout, it is being worked on to make it flyable soon, TM. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, work has been done on the Bengal. Um, maybe, I'm, I'm guessing, mayhaps for uh, Squadron 42. Um, and concept work is ongoing for a small mining ship. That's very cool. Um, no um, no names or manufacturers yet, but uh, it's nice to know that that is in the works. I'm thinking that, that would be an activity in the... Uh, in the PU, in the mini PU, that would be uh, would be uh, fun to add. It'd be a good uh, good way to test a mechanic by putting a smaller ship in. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Dragonfly concepts are coming soon, and the Polaris, the Corvette, uh, too. Once its design work is finished, uh, the Caterpillar has begun production, and it's larger than it was before. Um, it's but its actual size is yet unknown. Yeah, I heard that like three times at the uh, at the meetup on. Night. Oh yeah, the caterpillar got bigger. <laughs> Is that code for something? Um, <laughs> no, I think it just means the caterpillar got bigger. So, sometimes a caterpillar is just a caterpillar. Uh huh. All right, and then um, they brought in uh, Kirk and Calix and Matt uh, to uh, talk about uh, the updated power plants and coolers and some stuff about shields and all of the features of these. Uh, these items and all their differences and all of the crazy poses you can put them into. Uh, but um, uh, so if you're interested in, uh, you know, for me at this point in, in the game, it's like I don't, I don't spend like, especially with the condition of the hollow table, 
I, I just can't dedicate time to like you know messing with those things and trying to like you know see how this one works with that one or, or like it just it, I have so little time to play that doesn't feel like satisfying gameplay time totally dig it I um, I will say this though um, on my uh, saber I uh, mm-hmm. I gimbaled the uh, the wing uh, weapons mm-hmm. with uh, I believe badgers uh, yeah I'm pretty sure because it's badgers on the uh, on the nose right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then so I dropped the size threes down to size twos, put badgers on there, and the targeting retinal mm-hmm. seamlessly lines up all four uh, weapons. Nice, yeah, nice. like it, it's not even it, it. It's I've never seen this before actually on on any of the ships that I've gimbled. Like for example, um, on the Avenger, um, I kept the size ones on the wings, but I gimbled them. And the targeting retinals don't line up. They're, they're very, very close to where I'm hitting a target with all three weapons more times than not. But on the saber, they and I don't know if this is intended or if it's a bug or what, but they line up perfectly with one targeting retinal. So all f- I, I'm able to bring to bear all four size two badgers onto uh, any given target. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, so anyway, uh, if you're interested in the specifics of what these things uh, do and how they interact with each other at this point, uh, definitely uh, go give a listen to Reverse the Verse. Uh, but now it's time for the questions. We should have like some music here. Yeah, that'll work. Um, someone asked, will the Dragonfly be able to use a jump drive? Now, this surprised me. They said, though it's early to give a yes or no answer to this one, they are currently considering having the Dragonfly be able to quantum, which I think is weird because the Merlin can't quantum. Yeah, and uh, and that, that kind of really kills it for the Merlin, uh, that you can't like even just kind of, like it's not even really a puddle jumper, you know what I mean? Like you can't just kind of, you know, jump around in a system. Like, you really cannot go far from the mothership. But one thing they said, and obviously this is um, still subject to change, but what they said is, you know, perhaps that uh, though the space motorcycle will be able to quantum, it will not be able to go planet side, whereas the Merlin will. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, so that's kind of the little balancey thing there, but I thought that was sort of interesting. Um, someone said, hey, my ship speed is different now. And, uh, and I've noticed that, too, yes. um, in, in, in the game. And, uh, and they said, yes, that may very well be. Uh, there is lots of refactoring going on, and all ships are being reexamined and will be balanced for what makes sense in Crusader 2, not just in Arena Commander anymore. So there, there you have it. I can't, I can't even remember if... Because uh, it seemed like for a while some of my ships were, like, crazy fast, like in... in um, um, in Super Cruise, uh, it was like, you know, 1,500 uh, or just like some just crazy speed. But now I think my my fastest ship is only like going like 500 or 600. Yeah, no, I, I noticed that as well. Um, that yeah. They, yeah, they definitely dialed uh, dialed them in a little bit a little bit better. Yeah, a couple of the guys were saying last night, they said, you know, it's not nearly as fun to race around Yella anymore because, you know, it seems like you're, you know, you've, you've gone from motorcycles to tricycles, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, and someone asked, will shields protect against damage sustained from crashing and or ramming? And, and uh, the answer was, that's a great question, but we have no answer um, yet. Uh, currently, they do not. And um, I like this question, and um, I think that um, they should, that there should be, I mean, because if it will... 
Now, I understand the difference between shields that uh, absorb or mitigate uh, energy weapon damage, you know, from uh, ballistic uh, weapon damage. Uh, but you would think that a shield that can stop a bullet, you know, an actual, you know, uh, a ballistic uh, shell case um, projectile, that that would also have some effect on being hit by um, another ship. You would think, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I would imagine they'll find some sort of balance for that because that is a great way to um, keep people from just ramming into you. Um, but it is also, and I'm surprised that you're so on board with that because it is also a little uh, immersion puckering if it if you don't take any damage from hitting somebody. Well, no, I, I don't think. I think it should mitigate some, you know, and, okay. and it should cause it should cause your shields to go down, you know. I mean. But I don't think it should prevent it. I mean, I don't think, you know, we're not trying to create bumper cars here. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I do think that it, it just, it, it's more immersion puckering that it would have no effect. You know? Yeah, no, I can dig that. Yeah. Um, and uh, they said that the, uh, the Sabre will be rentable soon if it isn't already. And as of last night, I checked and I could not find it uh, to rent. So uh, hopefully that will be, um, will be coming soon. Because uh, I did, when it was in the PTU and, and free flyable for all, um, I definitely enjoyed um, it. Handled, handled really well. Yeah, so, um, it really yeah, does handle well. Yeah, it's a fun, a fun ship to take out and, and I, uh I, around. The other night, um, I was in and I, uh, I jumped into a sector, and there was a Connie there, and I just started laying into it with my saber, and I, you know I, I wasn't really doing any damage to it. You know the, the ship was flying around just fine, but it tried to stand its ground, and I, I, I literally rained fire down on it to the point where it finally was like, okay, I gotta go, and jumped. <laughs> it was uh, it was so maneuverable that I was literally flying. Um, I was um, strifing in circles around him, just mm-hmm. just laying down, like just raining down a, a hailstorm of flaming kittens. <laughs> and were they exploding kittens? Uh, no, they were. There was a. They were flaming kittens. They were on fire. <laughs> and um, I, I, you know, I think that maybe I started to make a dent um, in his armor, but I think more than anything, it was just all right. We, we got to get out of here because it's going to be embarrassing if a saber takes us out. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. There's sometimes when you know you have to uh, bow out gracefully. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, I've, yeah. I've done that in my lancer many a time. Dinner's ready. Gotta go. <laughs> yep, see ya. Lucky for you guys. All right. Well, um, that was all I had for the official content uh, this time around. And I've got this other thing here, and it's been in the notes for like three weeks now. So, Jimmy, um, I'm going to blow through it real quick because I don't want to let it sit for um, for another couple of weeks. Sure. So, all right. Because um, we had talked a bit on the community show about VR, and, and um, uh, uh, Mark has, uh, has been working with uh, trying it out, and I believe Ace is going to be uh, working with it now. Uh, so um, I wanted to, to mention a little bit, uh, there's been some news recently about the Vive, uh, the HTC Vive, and the Microsoft HoloLens. Now, the Vive is available on Steam. It's up for pre-sale now for $799, um, and it is scheduled for release, for actual consumer release, April 5th. So that's, that's less than a month. That's like, what? Well, I guess it's about a month. So that's you know that's pretty exciting. Um, I've I've read some reports that say that it is um, in some ways it's better than the Oculus, in other ways maybe not so good. Uh, that's probably not too surprising. 
Um, but the other thing that I think, um, which is more interesting to me, is the Microsoft HoloLens. The dev kit for that is the first dev kit is going to roll out March 30th. Now, the price on this thing is crazy, $3,000 for the dev kit. Um, yeah, it's very expensive, but it's also, I, I think that this this is going to be down the road one of the biggest game changers in the te- in technology that we've ever seen. Yes, I agree, and I'm going to post a link here to an article about it that shows a, a brief demonstration. Uh, so check that out. I'll put that in the show notes. Check that out uh, because I, I think you're right. I think that the integration. Of, of real, um, especially for folks, you know, perhaps that have motion sickness, this might be a better solution for, for, for you. Yeah. Um, that would uh, work easier for you. Um, I mean, obviously, this is, this is sort of next gen beyond the next gen uh, of, uh, of Rift and Vive. Um, but the, the, the thing that, a real interesting thing about the HoloLens compared to those other two units is that all of the, we've talked about this several times, all the beefy hardware which is required to run. Uh, these uh, these peripherals, right. um, you know, having to upgrade your processor, your graphics card, etc. Um, all of that is included inside the Hololens unit itself. It's all inside the visor unit. Uh-huh. Um, so apparently, it's going to run in conjunction with tablets and smartphones, which is just um, it's just crazy. It's like oh, being yeah. able to do, do an Oculus on your iPhone. I mean, that's 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 just amazing. And for, um, for those of you that don't know, um, so, you know, the Oculus is, is VR, virtual reality. You put the headphones on or the, the headset on and you are immersed in a universe. For those of you that don't know, HoloLens is, a, is an AR device. And what it is really is um, it, it's kind of like, um, okay, it's kind of like the, uh, the overlay in Star Citizen where you're able to uh, click on, click on the, uh, the AR and scan over something and see a price tag come up. Same type mm-hmm. of thing with the Hololens. You're you're still in your natural surroundings, like you're wearing eyeglasses. The only difference is that you're able to overlay content, um, and the video that that Gleep is linked uh, shows a great shows a great example of that with someone playing a video game where basically a robot smashes through his living room wall. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, so it's um, I I think that it's it's definitely like I said it's, it's sort of the next step down. But um, uh, if we take a, a step back to what's coming up next um, uh, with the with the Vive and the um, and the Rift, uh, they were uh, I, I'm going to post links to um, a couple of articles here talking about other types of entertainment that are sort of jumping on board the VR um, uh, bandwagon train. Right. No, some some vehicle that is going forward. Um, so Bellator MMA. So that's a, the, I guess the mix, mixed martial arts. I, I don't know much about that um, that sport, but they are um, they are uh, experimenting with using VR uh, not nice. only in in the ring but also backstage, like giving people backstage uh, uh, tours and stuff like that. Um, the uh, the NBA, the NHL, and, and the NHL. They. Um, are um, are uh, definitely interested in VR's marketing potential. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And it, it seems to me uh, this is not mentioned in the article that I'll post the link to, but that VR would be a perfect fit for almost any kind of racing. Oh um, yeah, totally. Uh, auto, boat, skiing, turtles. If you want to race turtles, that would be <laughs> exciting. Tur- I like turtles. I think um, I think virtual reality is going to be the future of entertainment but i think augmented reality is going to be the uh, future of uh consumption 
Yeah, the, it, you know, it's like seriously, like twenty years from now, twenty five years from now, when you're able to fit all of that uh, tech into a like a pair of you know Ray Bans or a pair of Oakleys or you know what I mean, like just a, a, yeah. a lightweight pair of glasses, and and all of the all of the tech isn't tied to a cell phone or tied to um, to an iPad. It's it's inside the device. That is going to be the future of um, of media consumption on a whole. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think it's um, I think that as different um, as ten or fifteen years ago uh, is from today, the next ten or fifteen years um, it, it's going to happen again. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so an- another uh, sort of interesting thing, if you look at it from a marketing perspective or a um, uh, uh, you know, being able to generate uh, revenue for new product. Um, uh, you're, a, uh, I guess, a Kentucky uh, basketball coach. John Calipari is is very uh, big into this type, or is a fan of this kind of type of technology. But I guess they're working on a way to put somebody on the bench next to him during games, so that you can essentially <laughs> that's awesome watch the ball game from his perspective. Right, right, right. Is really interesting. And of course, I mean, we've seen some examples of this before. They're going to start selling concerts using VR. So. Um, everybody now, now Jimmy. Everyone can have a good ticket to see Beyonce. So. It's true. Yeah, um, and uh, across these articles, there's there's general agreement that uh, the necessary tech is still lacking. I mean, this is you know this is the very beginnings of this, but um, there is also agreement that the potential is there and that it may be just enormous. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's it's going to be a while, but you know, yeah. think about think about our journey from. Uh, the first consumer television to the latest generation of television. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah, that was exciting stuff. Um, I mean, do you, uh, what do you think about video games? Do you think, um, uh, particularly Star Citizen, um, do you see, how do you see VR potentially, apart from just, you know, you know creating a more uh, immersive interface to the game, um, do you see it changing the activities that we would participate in within the game? Um, no, I just see them being more immersive. For example, uh, the Sabre. Actually, the Sabre is a fantastic example. The, the Sabre controls are, are a HOTAS setup. It is a, mm-hmm. it is a stick and throttle. And when I was flying it the other night, as I was moving my throttle forward, I was watching the throttle move forward in the game. And I was like, oh, if I had a VR headset, I, I would be matched up seamlessly flying, uh, you know, flying a stick and throttle. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you look at that and then, you know, translate to that to things like uh, being a medic or being a doctor and, and the immersion that's going to come from those mechanics, uh, you know, or EVAing, EVAing out and about and the immersion that's going to come from that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to change the way that I would play, but if I do adopt uh, or do do adapt to using virtual reality um, in Star Citizen, I just it, it will obviously make it a more immersive experience and, and make you uh, feel more involved with whatever it is that you're doing. Well, you know, I, I agree, but I, I think that the, there is also additional potential for perhaps activities that um, we wouldn't otherwise engage in, like maybe, you know, spectating. I think it can make spectating oh. other people's play much more um, uh, entertaining. That's a good um, point. 
you know, esports. I mean, there could you know, arena commander. There could be you know, if there's something, if, if there's a, a, a well-produced um, event that, that is conducted within Arena Commander, it may be a perfect um, a perfect vehicle um, or perfect content for for uh, for VR spectating. Yeah. Um, and then also, I think um, you know, in-game news and or lore events. I mean, you know, being able to, you know, sort of the way that we sit down to watch. I sit down to watch Game of Thrones, you know? I mean, maybe if there's like an ongoing saga, um, uh, a lore saga in the game, you know, instead of, you know, flying into your ship and being involved, you know, maybe you can participate by um, watching things unfold as a spectator. So I don't know. I don't know. That, that's just stuff that can, come to, comes to my mind. But I think that it's definitely going to have an impact. And uh, so anyway, we just uh, thought we would mention that stuff here and... Uh, and uh, so that when it does come uh, to uh, to reality, that we can say you heard it here first. <laughs> Absolutely, or not. <laughs> All right. So what are we? Uh, we're looking forward to maybe two point three alpha two point three to the PTU sometime soon. Um, I think somebody did on Reverse the Verse ask about two point three during the month of, month of March, and what Ben said was, uh, "Yeah, that is our intention." But you know, you know how these things go. <laughs> right. Well, if if they continue on their current path, we'll end up uh, we'll end up being a little bit behind schedule wise. But if you know if history repeats itself, we'll get a PTU uh, a PTU patch probably in the next two weeks. Uh, I'd say two three weeks, and then we'll get two point three at the very beginning of next month. Uh, it would be great to see both the PTU uh, and have it go live all within the month. But, I mean, it's it's not easy. Yeah. No. You know, and, and you can't can't put it out until it's ready. Exactly. Um, I, what I'm really curious about and what I'm really hoping for is some level of persistence in 2.3. Well, if, if they drop the shopping in, um, I think that you're going to have to. Yeah, yeah. Although I will say that, that I, we are getting a very basic form of persistence now. Um, I was really excited that my weapon uh, swap out stuck. Oh yeah, that yeah. was uh, to to go into uh, the uh, the persistent universe with all of my weapons gimbaled the way that I like to fly them. Uh, really made the experience so much more better. So um, mo better, way mo better, way mo better. So uh, so I'm I'm excited about about them taking that to the next level. Um, you know, so hopefully we'll see we'll see a more a more robust. Um, uh, level to to that in 2.3 all right well i just hope for more things to go 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 splody splode and uh i I want my hospital ship and i want a bunch i want a a box of ace bandages (laughs) all right well there are uh there are med packs in uh at the uh at the security outpost uh you just can't use them you can take them but you can't use them yes i have a lot of them (laughs) All right. Well, please do go to Engine.com for all your site hosting needs. That is E-N-J-I-N.com. Thank you, Ronald Jenkins, for letting us use your music. Please do check him out at RonaldJenkins.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Bass Radio at Radio.StarCitizenBass.com, where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. You can reach the podcast by email at comms at versecast.org. On the Twitters, we are at versecast, but please be sure to use the hashtag TGWS. Our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash versecast. 
Please upvote us there on the RSI Community Hub in the podcast and Deep Space Radar sections. Links are in the show notes. On Steam, we are Those Guys With Ships. And please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Good night, Gracie. My name is Gleep. All my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy? You can find me over at uh, Twitter, at uh, Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can also, uh, by all means, please come check out my uh, radio show uh, called Quantum Drive every Thursday night at 9 p.m. and uh, Saturday at 1 p.m. PST. Uh, I am on episode 21, and I will be wrapping up season one with episode 26. So uh, we're getting there, and then I'm going to, uh, the show is going to take a hiatus from new content for a couple of months while I uh, play basically the best of Quantum Drive. There you go. And there's lots of that. Aw, shucks. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, then, we are those guys with ships, and this has been the Versecast. See you guys. See you real soon. Oh, viva la tuply. Viva la tuply. <laughs> yes, we're going to have a revolution. That's what you need to get. Exactly. Think of how much better the world would be if everybody had tuply. I'd like to teach the world to wipe. Tuply toilet paper.